The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Uh, here's a question I received. Uh, this is uh, from uh, Betty, and this is what makes people selfish. She sounds like a young woman, a young girl. What makes people selfish? This morning I was leaving to go to the store, and my brother stopped me and asked if I could pick up a loaf of bread so we wouldn't have to leave the house. Of course, I said. Then we were both going on a bike ride separately. My bike had a flat tire. He asked if I knew how to run the bike pump, and I said, yes. He turned it on for his use, and for some reason, I thought he would do my tire as well. When I went out to the garage, he hadn't even bothered to put any air in my tire. It's always this way with him. Should I call him on his selfishness, or am I asking too much? Thank you, Betty. Betty, your brother cannot read your mind. You're wanting him to fill the tire. He may be, maybe he's an older brother. Maybe he wants to help you become more independent. And so he doesn't fill the tire. He asks you first, are you able to fill your own tire? You say yes, and maybe he's trying to encourage your independence. But he can't read your mind. If you said to him, hey, can you fill my tire while you're at it? Then if he says no, you'd say, you know, I helped you out with the bread today. I'd love it if you could fill my tire. Or are you in a big hurry? But, you know, you want to find out his context too. What you're looking for in a relationship is a trader relationship. You rub my back, I rub your back. I'll pick up a loaf of bread for you and you'll fit, you'll fill my tire. But you can't just think it. If you go through life just thinking that people, maybe he'll help me out here, maybe my kids will help me out because I drove them to the mall this afternoon, so maybe they'll do the dishes when we get home as kind of a trade. They can't read your mind. Maybe because I was good to my husband, he'll be good to me. They, people can't read your mind. So what's the alternative? The alternative is to give yourself a voice, not a resentful voice, not a, well, I did this for you, so can't you do it for me? But a voice that says, hey, would you mind doing this? Or if you're, if you're filling your tire, could you pump some air in my tire too? Just a gentle, friendly voice that assumes a good relationship between the two of you. So you asked what makes people selfish. You're seeing this as a pattern with your brother. I don't want to question. I mean, it's possible that your brother is what's called a me-only person. I would never, never call that selfish. I know people conventionally call that selfish. But self that's self-destructive because me-only people go through life leaving paths of destruction in relationship after relationship. They wear people out. But if you but let's let's give your brother the benefit of the doubt here. Let's say he's a good person and he just doesn't play the mind reading game. Then he's potentially a self-valuing person. The alternative to being a self-destructive person, that me-only person, or being a rationally self, or being a selfless person, you know, expecting him to read your mind and being the martyr, being the do-gooder, and then being resentful of everybody else because you've trained them that you don't want them to do anything for you, but you're you're going to do for them. The alternative to that is having what that what I mentioned, that trader relationship. It's a rational selfishness. And there is actually a book, The Virtue of Selfishness, that I highly recommend. It's by my favorite author, Ayn Rand, A-Y-N-R-A-N-D. It's not the selfishness you think. It's at my website, drkenner.com. And I am wanting you to be able to develop a good relationship with your brother 
if that's what you want, and if he isn't a me-only person. So I wouldn't call him on his selfishness. You're not asking too much either. I would change the way you think about it. In cognitive therapy, we call that reframing. And look at it from a win-win situation. You'll help your brother out. He'll help you out. Don't be afraid to ask. He's not afraid to ask. Learn from him. And if he says no to everything you ask, check to make sure you're asking it in a nice voice, not a resentful voice, not a wimpy voice. And then you can stop doing for him. If that's the way he wants to design the relationship, then don't make yourself into a martyr. I got another email, a very unusual one. Hello, Dr. Kenner. I'm having an unusual problem. Every day, a problem. Every day when I go to brush my teeth, I get nauseous and sick to my stomach. Sometimes I even vomit in the sink. I cannot even stand to look at someone brushing their teeth in front of me or on TV. I tried using a tongue scraper, trying different toothpaste, and I am so frustrated because I cannot clean my teeth correctly. Please help me. The problem seems to be getting worse. Mary. Mary, in one sense, it's a very odd problem. In another sense, maybe it isn't because I've actually heard of this, but I don't know if it will fit your context. You want to first do the detective work. You want to ask yourself a lot of questions. When did I always have problems brushing my teeth or did it begin at a certain age? What's my first memory of it? What images, if I allow them to come to mind, come to mind? What thoughts, what feelings? Obviously, you're triggering your autonomic nervous system. I'm assuming it's not just a gag reflex. That's, you know, some quirk. You can ask your dentist and rule that out medically. But if it's it's not that. I have had people who have seen, for example, uh, maybe they've been to a dentist and they've been in enormous pain so they don't like anybody putting anything in their mouth and they might vomit. It might trigger that, again, your autonomic nervous system in anxiety response. And maybe it's an alcoholic parent who used to brush their teeth after they vomited and there's trauma involved there. So ask yourself a lot of questions. It would maybe maybe a very good idea to see a cognitive therapist. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness, drkenner.com, toll free, one 877-D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Loving a narcissist is a frustrating, painful, and ultimately heartbreaking experience because they have unlimited wants but nothing positive to offer another person. The more narcissistic a person, the worse it is for romance. We should add that there are people we call clueless when it comes to relating to other people and yet who are not actually narcissists, nor are they suffering from any inborn disorders such as autism. They are typically people who have been deprived emotionally in childhood and thus not in touch with their emotions and are impoverished when it comes to having their own values. This makes it hard for them to be sensitive to the emotions and values of others simply because they do not know any better. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.